podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. First ever type 1 diabetic in UFC history. Uh, doing fine, Dub. Nice to be with you. Get out! <laughs> He's like, yeah. My tunnel vision and my periphery, I'm like all field. Hey, you know how it is, Dub. Hey, when you're, hey, when you're team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Jellyson Podcast. And I got my guy Grant Weatherford here today. Grant, how we doing, man? Doing good. Doing great. It's good to be back home. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the grind of the grind of the school year and then all the online stuff kind of sucked. Um, so, what have you been? I mean, like, what's your next move? Are you are you playing another another year of college basketball, or are you done? Um, I actually have uh, one more year uh, with the COVID situation, so I think I might be the oldest guy in college basketball now, uh, besides. My two buddies, uh, Jalen Coleman, obviously, and KJ Walton. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back for one more year. Uh, like you said, last year it was it was tough, especially uh, going to a new school in Georgia Southern, uh, new coaching staff, new team, and not really having that summer time to really get uh, to know each other more and implement things that we wanted to do on and off the court. Um, so we're we're expecting a lot this year um, with the returners and the new people we have coming in. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Was it an easy was it an easy decision for you to come back for another year? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially with um, we have not younger guys on our team. Um, I think we have one incoming freshman. We have one freshman last year. Um, a lot of the people are older, um, like transfers or JUCO guys or people that have been there for three, four years. Um, but just the culture that uh, the coaches have implemented, even in just one year, um, I think it was it was an easy decision. Plus, I feel like last year I uh, underachieved just with, like, uh, my personal goals and also as team goals. Uh, we got got knocked out the first round. And obviously, like I said, even it was a, though it was the first year uh, with the coaching staff and team, we, we had a championship or bust mentality. So we're definitely excited to get back and just get things rolling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you also talked about Jalen Coleman lands and, um, and KJ Walton. You guys have been there for now seven years in college basketball. How, how crazy yeah. is that to think about? Oh, I mean, like me and my little brother, it's funny. We just talked with our, uh, our old head coach, uh, Chad Ballinger up at Heights. And, um, we were talking and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be 25 in August. I mean, my, my roommates 17, 18 years old. So it's like, it's one of those things where they look up to you in a mindset of, okay, you've obviously done this a long time. And it's kind of a unique situation. I mean, because I had redshirted at Purdue, then I had knee surgery. I also went to – I've been to just about every single level there is. And people just they like I said, they look up to me and they ask for advice here or there. And the game's definitely slowed down a lot, though. But just looking back, I mean, there's people that – we're going into middle school that are now going to college and I have an opportunity to play against. And it just, it, it definitely, it cements me and like reality, like, okay, dude, you're, you're getting up there. <laughs> and yeah, it's I funny mean, that, uh, like, I, talked to, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Uh, I think it was when I announced that I was going back, uh, Mills put my face on Perry Ellis's from Kansas. <laughs> and he, he always, yeah, he always jokes around saying, you're the Perry Ellis of college basketball now. So it's just, it's something we can joke about, but it's, it's real. It's definitely yeah. real. So. I mean, it felt like he was at Kansas for 10 years. Oh, forever. It was insane. 
I think part of that is just because he looks old as hell. Like, he looks like he's 45, even when he's 18 as a freshman. Um, If I told you that you'd be in college for seven years when you were stepping onto campus at Purdue, what what would you think? I think you were crazy. (laughs) I would have put every dime that I didn't have down and said there's no no way that I'll be in college more than four or five years with a red shirt and then – like I didn't plan on obviously getting injured, but I mean, it's, it's just kind of surreal just to think back, like at myself when I was going to Purdue, coming out of high school, 17, 18 years old. And now I'm 24. It's, it's just kind of surreal just to think about all the different, all the paths I took and all the things that kind of made me who I am today. So. Mm-hmm. And you kind of talked about kind of being a mentor for the younger guys coming in um, to Georgia Southern. How much, how much can you teach them and how much can they learn from you, I guess? Um, I think they can learn a lot um, just from like not only on the court, but off the court things. Um, I know that I've talked with Rafael Davis a lot now, uh, more than probably I ever have, even when I was there. And we kind of joked about how like he was hard on me as a freshman. And I, being a younger guy, I didn't really understand, especially as a red shirt guy. Like I kind of felt like I just didn't really because I mean, in high school, I had I was like the main guy, AAU. I was a big, big part of the team. Then go in there, and you kind of get like reality hits you. And just thinking back on guys like Johnny Hill, and even Robbie Hummel was there when he was came back and was injured. Jonathan Octus, um, when he came back and he was a part of us. Like just thinking back on the things that they said and they did not only about on the court stuff, but just off the court. I think that there's a lot of a lot of things that can help them make leaps and bounds to be able to help themselves early on in their college career that I didn't necessarily listen to when I was younger. So mm-hmm. those are big things. Mm-hmm. And I know Ray, I feel like Ray talks everybody's ear off that he comes in contact with. Like <laughs> I've, I've, I've become pretty good friends with him. He's a, he's a really good guy, but was he yeah. as awful to deal with as he seems? No. When you're a freshman? He was – he's just a guy that's going to shoot you straight. If you're doing good, he's going to pat you on the back. And if you're doing something is either not going to help the team in the long run or even the shortcoming, he's going to he's gonna let you know. He just – he's one of those guys that shoots you straight and narrow. He's, he wants what's best for you. Um, and then, obviously, with him growing up in Fort Wayne and the area that he's from, he – He's just a straight shooter, and he's not going to hold anything back because he wants to see everybody succeed. It's not just about him. It's about every single person that he comes in contact with, which I, that's something that I, I love and admire about him. How many how many times did you and Klein have to do the stair masters your freshman year? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I don't even know an exact number, um, but one worse than the stair master was the Mackies. That is oh, – I yeah. mean, I – I probably laid in bed for three days after that and just couldn't move up and down, up and down a hundred times all through all the sections. It was, I mean, still to this day, I, I sit there and think about it and I actually laugh with, uh, during the recruiting process, somebody, one of the coaches asked me, uh, what's the uh, worst type of like punishment you had to do for being late or doing something you shouldn't have done. And I was like, the Mackies, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing about it. Like the Stairmasters you can get through. It's like a cardio. I mean, Caleb Swanigan did them all the time with just trying to get in better shape and all that. But those Mackies are, they're, they're something that just 
you don't even want to think about them. <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps thinking about them. <laughs> what was it like to come in to come into Purdue with with Klein? Obviously, you guys are what 20 minutes away. Grew up 20 minutes away um, in the same area. I mean, it was it was great. I mean, especially with Biggie. I mean, we all played on the same AAU team. Um, they came. Or Ryan was there before Biggie, but Biggie played with us in Vegas. Um, just being like familiar with those guys, and then even Grady. I mean, he's from Fort Wayne, but he was in my class, and they actually beat us in regionals. So, just being familiar with all those guys coming in and having a familiarity of okay, we're all the new guys, but we can we can kind of have each other's backs and come in and like work together and things like that. So it was it was a great feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, looking back, that that was one of the best classes in Purdue history. Honestly, I mean, you got a bunch of dogs in there. Um, and then obviously Grady kind of coming up at the end there. Um, but obviously, like, like you mentioned, you left after one year, what all went in that decision? Um, really? I, I mean, I was, like I said, I was young, I was immature. I felt like kind of, I went in, didn't really have the right mindset. Um, didn't really come in with like a mentality of, okay. I mean, I talked to coach Painter and we talked about red shirting. So I was like, okay, I got it. I got a year to get adapted to college, get adapted to schoolwork. And school's never really been an issue for me. Um, but just the whole, the speed of the game, the IQ, the athleticism, the height, the length, those kind of things. I think that year really helped me, but, but like, I just came in, like I said, I was, I was immature. I was 17, 18 years old. Do the things that I should have done. Like worked my, worked my ass off and just got in the gym, grinded and just did what helped me get there. It was kind of the way I talk to freshmen about it now is I kind of looked at it as, okay, I'm here. And I never really thought about getting to that next step. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I mean, I've really done it for the last three years. Okay. It's my last year in college. I need to work my tail off. I don't know. And then I end up getting an extra year, but just going in, I feel like once I heard that I was going to redshirt, I just kind of let off the gas a little bit and felt like I could just kind of, not work as hard as I did that got me there. But then also I talked to Coach Painter and he said basically that uh, he thinks that I should either go JUCO and play football because I was a big football guy out of high school or like go JUCO or just go basically somewhere else that is a better fit for me. Because like I said, just immature choices and just things like that. It just, it just wasn't a good fit for me going into the next year. Mm -hmm. And did he so did you tell him that you wanted to transfer and then he told you that or he came out and said that like your end of the year meeting or what have you? Well, um, it was the end of the year meeting, but I went up to his office to talk to him about transferring. And he just said, like, I agree. Um, that's actually what I was going to talk to you about. And then it kind of went down from there. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think a lot of guys, especially for you guys, really appreciate Paint's honesty. Um, yeah. And oh, even yeah. like I I know if you go up there and even if you were wanting to transfer, having him saying that it it's not what you want to hear, you know. But I think looking back, God can really appreciate that. I'm I think you're the same way. Oh yeah. I mean, everyone that asks me about anything with Purdue, like I mean, everybody has their own opinion about it. It's just one of those things where people will say this, say that, and that stuff doesn't bother me. Like I said, I'm gonna shoot it straight. I was immature and just made a lot of stupid decisions 
on the court, off the court, whatever. But Coach Painter, I have nothing bad to say about him, nothing bad to say about anybody on that staff, none of my teammates. He was they're all just straight shooters. And it honestly, I think it helped me mature as a person because they didn't try to basically beat around the bush. They were just straightforward with it and just got to the point. And I think that really helped me grow as a person. So mm-hmm. he's he's definitely a straight shooter though. He's a he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And that goes for the whole entire staff when I was there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so you talked about kind of having your relationship with uh, Rafael. How how often do you talk to those guys um, from that first year? Now, I should say. Um, I mean, Klein and I still talk occasionally, not as much as we did. Um, I talked to Vince Edwards all the time. I mean, he's he was somebody that took me under his wing. He's like basically my older brother, um, even though he's not that much older than me in reality. <laughs> but I still look up to him all the time. We still talk. We hang out when we can um, with his schedule in mind. Um, but really, Rayfell and I kind of just connected over the past year, uh, especially with COVID. I was just kind of talking to him and told him that, like, I appreciate the things that he, he did for me, even when he was being – I took it as harsh, but it wasn't really harsh. It was just him looking out for the best for me. Um, so I talked to him occasionally. Um, more as, like, uh, camps and stuff. I've, I've tried to help him out through camps and things like that. Uh, just try to get the word out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anything that I have, especially with him being Atlanta now, um, anything that I have, like, question-wise, I, I always try to ask him about, and he can help me. But those are really the two that I still keep in touch with for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's really about it. Mm-hmm. And then, like you mentioned, you ended up going JUCO that next year. Um, so what was that process like of, of choosing that path? Oh, man. It was unbelievable. I mean – I was supposed to go to Indian Hills, and then they – I love their coach. I'm Like I said, not bad-mouthing at all, but he just basically – the a, like Mark Adams, my AAU coach, Bill DeWaney, Kristoff uh, Kendrick, they were all trying to set me up to go there because it's an unbelievable junior college. And I was – I called him, and I was like, hey, I think I'm ready to come there. Like, I'm, like he came out to my parents' house and everything, sat down, and, yeah, I was like, I'm ready. Like, let's go. And then – calls me he's like I don't think you're good enough to play here so then we ended up playing them in a jamboree when I went to Midland and I almost had a triple double like it was one of those games where I'm like all right I don't I don't care what's going on. I'm I'm about to just kill and <laughs> and it was one of those games where I just played really really well and uh, he came up to me after the game and he was like I I apologize for, for the words I had I just didn't I didn't mean it in a bad way it was just some feedback I got and you're one of the people that we missed out on. But going to Midland, it was actually because of Deshaun Francis. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but being from Indy. And he was there the year before. And then I didn't know where I was going to go. So I was texting my AU coaches like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't have nowhere else to go. I don't want to go D1. I want to. I don't want to go D2. I want to. don't want to sit out a year. I want to play right away. I'm trying to get in. I already sat out the last year at Purdue. And Deshaun had talked to the coach. And I went out there. I didn't know anybody. Didn't know the coaches. Didn't know the players. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's just an oil country. And it was that I still to this day think helped me grow as a person because I had to branch out from my roots. I wasn't anywhere near home. Didn't see my family. Didn't know anybody, like I said. And it was just basically, I mean, it's a dog world in junior college. You got to 
you either make it out or you, you go back home. There's, there's nothing else that you can do. So graduated in a year, um, took two years of classes in a year, got my associates, whole coaching staff gets fired, AD leaves. I'm in a class with two people and with only three people on campus. I'm in a dorm in Texas. I finish and I drive the entire way home eating flaming Hot Cheetos from a gas station. That's all I ate for 18 hours by myself. I was like, I'm getting home and I'm not, I'm not going back. And then I ended up at IUPUI. So yeah, it was, it was, it's an unbelievable experience, but it, it helped. I mean, I credit that for helping me mature as a person. So. Mm. And did you think about reaching out to like Wesleyan or Marion or any of those schools to try to go there and stay home? Um, Wesleyan actually recruited me when I was in high school and we'd always go to their camps, uh, like their summer camps. And I remember my senior year, like we had some guys that didn't really want to be there. So they would play a game then not play a game. And like, we're playing Penn, we're playing Noblesville, we're playing these big schools and I'm super competitive. So I was getting like really like fired up, like, all right, I'm playing with a bunch of freshmen, but during the year I'm going to be playing with the people in my class just because they don't want to play right now. And I was getting fired up and, I, I think I got like four texts, five texts that weekend. And then they were like, no, we, we're not going to recruit him anymore. And, and it was, it's a funny experience. I mean, I see their coach and we laugh about it all the time, but, and then uh, Marion, I was close to going there actually. Um, but I just, I just didn't feel like uh, at the time it was the best fit for me. Um, but I mean, looking back, they've obviously always been successful. I know, Wes and Jake and now Jack Hansen's there. Uh, TJ was there. Reggie was there. So I know all their guys go up there and, and Hawk was there as well. And just playing open gym with them. But I just, at the time, I didn't think it was a great fit for me. So. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, after that year of Juco, obviously you come back home, you go to IUPUI for a couple of years. Um, yeah. What was that recruiting process like then? Oh, and, I mean, Coach Gardner still to this day, I mean, I think of him as a mentor, but like when he recruited me, he recruited me in high school. And then I went to Purdue and he recruited me again. And then I ended up going to Midland and then he recruited me a third time. And we always joke the third time's a charm. <laughs> and then he was like, dude, I'm not going to tell you this whole recruiting spill again. You're like, are you coming or what's going on? And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to be back home around my family. I can watch my little brother play. I can be around my sister, be around my older brother. <coughs> Excuse me. Be around my grandma. She can come to my games. And then I was like, I'm coming home. Like, I was I was super excited. And especially with him being the phenomenal player that he was. He's, he's such a basketball mind. And mm -hmm. he's got connections everywhere that I knew as a point guard and how much he trusted me and instilled in me that he could help me as a player. So, being around him was just, it's, it's phenomenal. He's such a great basketball mind. And then that whole situation went down and then we had coach Rim and right at the beginning of the season, another one of those, just got to adapt to it. So it's one of those things you can't, can't control it. You just got to sustain it and try to get through the year. And it wasn't a great year. And I mean, but we were look, coming into that year thinking, okay, we got Marcus Burke, we got Jalen, we got, Jamil Jackson, he's a JUCO All-American. We got Jacoby, he's, he's from Missouri. We had Isaiah, who was from Akron. Like, we had a senior-led team, and everybody was back. And we, we had high hopes, and then 
obviously that stuff went down and then we ended up not really achieving what we wanted to do. And I think that kind of just kind of broke people up and then the whole COVID situation happened. And I think that the team just kind of fell apart. So, And then, I mean, just keep going down the line, your final <laughs> recruiting experience uh, to Georgia Southern. What was that like? And why'd you, why'd you make the decision to, to go super far away again? I mean, what is it probably like eight, 10 hours away? Uh, I think it's almost 11. It's like 11, 11 and a half. We're like, three, three and a half from Atlanta South. So um, actually I had it, I had it dialed down to about four or five schools. Uh, I was actually thinking about going to play football with my brother and I was, I was about dead set on that, but with COVID they couldn't really give us an answer. Um, but without diving too much into where I was going to go before. Um, and he's like, Hey, um, I'm Brian Berg. I uh, just got the job at Georgia Southern and we started talking about like his history, my history, and just the, the depth that he went into in recruiting me in maybe like a week, like he watched every single clip from the year before that I played in every single possession. He told me things that I needed to work on. He, it reminded me because he's a straight shooter. He's like, I'm, I know that you're, you're a graduate transferred and this is your last year, but like, we're not going to promise you anything. You come in, you work. Um, we're looking at you to be like a leader. You're an older guy. And he broke it down. He sent me film of every single player that was coming in, every player that was returning. Um, he told me how he felt like I could implement my game into there. He told me about um, his time at Tech, the other coaches in depth. And it wasn't just all good things either. He critiqued my game. He told me like if I want to reach my goals that I needed to improve here, do this and how he could help me get there. And that was just huge for me. Um, Cause at first I really didn't want to go, go far from home um, with my grandma being 85. It didn't, I didn't want to go that route again, but just, he just completely sold me on that. And just looking back, it was probably one of the best decisions of my life to go out there. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love it there. Um, the weather's unbelievable. <laughs> um, the school, it kind of reminds me of Purdue. Um, just kind of a bigger campus in a small town. Wild boars running around. There's deer everywhere. There's like a bunch of, bunch of country people. I didn't realize how country it was, but like just being out there, it's, it's unbelievable. But plus um, Coach Shoemate, who was at Northern Kentucky, he's, uh, he's a coach there. And I've been familiar with him for a while. And then, um, yeah. But he just sold me on every single thing possible. And um, obviously, we couldn't do visits during that time. And he was willing to drive the whole entire way down here um, just to meet with my family. Um, we ended up not doing that because I just, I mean, I sat down, talked to my brothers, talked to my sister, talked to my parents. I was like, I think this is the best opportunity for me. And they said that throughout the entire, because they were all home for COVID, um, throughout the entire recruiting process, they hadn't really heard a coach really go into that much depth and sound so excited because you know how the recruiting spill goes. They shoot all that shit and up your ear. They, they blow you up, blow you up, blow you up, and you get there. It's completely different. But with Coach Berg, it's exactly what he said the entire time. And it's, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And kind of, I mean, just capping off your entire journey, although it's not done yet, um, how hard is it to, like, to form those relationships with your teammates and coaches when you've 
been at so many different places for like a short amount of time? Um, I mean, I'm kind of an outgoing person, so I kind of try to put myself out there to let them know like, hey, I'm here for you. I might be a lot older than you. Like we might be different generations or whatever, but like I'm still your teammate. I'm still here for you. I can help you in certain situations, whether it's school, whether it's advice about classes or weightlifting or things on the court, things off the court, like I said earlier. But I think it's it's really easy just because of the person that I am, um, especially learning and following all the older guys before me. I think that's that's really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I missed this. Um, you talked about exploring the possibility of you going to Miami to play football with your brother. Um, how close was that to happening? Because I was talking to my cousin, McGuire Plummer, and we were super pumped about it. We wanted that to happen really bad. But. It was – I mean, I'm getting chills to think about it. It was <laughs> – it was right there. Like, all quarantine, I, I didn't do anything besides football workouts with my brother. And, like, it was – it was right there. Like, about as close as it – like, it came down to Georgia Southern and Miami. But with all the COVID stuff, without going too much in depth, they weren't sure if they were going to have a season. They weren't sure if they were going to have to cut down the rosters or who they could bring in. And we didn't know we'd get an extra year after that. So they were just talking about, okay, one year maybe, and then what? So, yeah, it was it was really close. It was really close. <laughs> um, and then coming out of high school, obviously you were a dog at both basketball and football. You kind of were able to take your pick. Um what was the process like of choosing basketball as your main sport? I mean, growing up, especially around here, and you can relate to it because you're from around here, everybody seems like an IU person. Everybody, like, especially at Heights. I mean, there's the Coverdales and Nobles. Like, there's everybody was a Heights per- or an IU person. And then Austin Etherington from my high school, he went to IU. Basically, the entire Indy Elite team, the movement, was my older elite team. And I remember Mark Adams sitting down saying, I promise we're not a pipeline to IU and things like that. Cause they weren't, but everybody just ended up going there. Um, but choosing between football and basketball was, it really wasn't that hard for me once Purdue offered me because that as a child, I always, I'm a big Purdue guy. I mean, my dad went to Purdue, my mom went to IU. So the house is divided as they say. And I've always – I just loved always the the black and gold. I think it's like a the evil mantra, you know what I mean? And just going against the the norm, I guess, around especially our area. I just – I loved it. And as soon as they offered me, I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm taking it. Um, but me and my brother actually just talked about it. And my senior year – because I committed before football season even started. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was coaches that have called him talking about, like, yeah, we were going to recruit your brother, but he committed early and yada, yada, yada. And then they were like, well, and it kind of hurt his commitment because people were like, yeah, well, we think you're going to play basketball. Your brother did it and he should have played football. I mean, I hear that everywhere. I go, you should have played football. But it's just one of those things where, I mean, Purdue was always my childhood school. was always my dream to go play there, watching Etwan and Robbie and Jawan and Lou Jack, like those teams. I mean, just growing up, like I, I wanted to be there. And I never thought it was possible. And they came knocking and I was like, yep. And that's why I committed on the spot right after they offered me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously myself, I'm a, I'm a night or a, a Purdue guy through and through. Um, always have been, always will be. Um, 
What were some of your favorite memories from like when you were little, just watching those games? That's tough. It's tough. I mean, really just them dominating IU. I mean, that's <laughs> always been something I've loved. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Just them being them all the time. Um, whew, that's tough. Yeah, it's hard to even pick even one, to be honest. I mean, there's so many great memories from those teams, and it just – I wish there weren't – injuries weren't a thing because I, I still think that those teams could have went so far, but I don't know. I, I really can't dial it down to, to one or two. Like, it's – those memories, I mean, just watching them, just how good they were and continue to elevate and elevate and elevate. It's – those are just things that I love, especially – and you know where we're from, like I said, it's IU country, and everybody, like, just watching Purdue just dominate them every year. They're like, this is our year, and then Purdue just goes out and whacks them. So that's something I've always loved. Well, I think it's changing now. I mean – Oh, yeah. Because all the all the kids, like, our age, that like IU, it's because their parents grew up watching Bobby Knight and all that stuff. Uh, but now, I mean, as we get older, we have kids and stuff. They're going to grow up and watch paint whooping – I Mike Woodson, but so um, I think the I think it's kind of changing, but yeah, it, I mean it, it's an Indiana State pretty much. Yeah. But like you said, I think it's just one of those things where they're still kind of holding on to the the grasp of the good old days, as they call it. And I mean, when it gets to the point where the only thing they can talk about is their banners from the from Bobby Knight era, then it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, well, what have you done recently? And Mm-hmm. Not like I said, I'm not trying to badmouth anybody, but it's just one of those things where, like, <laughs> it was kind of funny. I saw it. Uh, some girl from uh, Noblesville posted it. She said, "In and out of, in and out in four years, like Archie Miller." <laughs> and that kind of it kind of puts things into perspective. Like, Coach Painter's been there so long. I mean, he played there. He's right after Katie. He's he's a Katie guy, and just mm-hmm. the fact that they can continue to implement everything that they've had for so long. And, like, they had a couple of bad years, but they turned it around. They righted the ship. And that's just, honestly, props to Coach Painter and the staff and everybody around that program. So. And we kind of talked about just being from Indiana and, and all that. Talk about your relationships with, with all the guys that you played with in, in AAU and against in high school. Um, I mean, AAU team, it was – I mean, we were loaded. I mean, Kyle Guy, Dylan Windler. Ryan Klein. Um, we had two people. Uh, basically, our whole entire team really uh, is either playing in the NBA or chose not to. Really, um, one guy just decided not to go to college, but everybody else had an opportunity to go play. Indiana lead in this the position they put us in, um, but college. I've always tried to keep a relationship with my teammates, whether we were that close or not. Um, sometimes it just doesn't go that way. Um, but I, I've always tried to continue down the road. Cause one thing I've learned, especially through sports and classes and all that stuff is connections are everything. And the people, you know, I mean, I know people now that are coaches that I played with and it's just, it's a good thing to have. Cause you can always go to them for advice or, Sometime down the road, maybe if I want to be a coach, that I can fall back on that and talk to them and try to get my foot in the door that way. Um, but, yeah, like I said, connections are everything. But, I mean, there's so many teammates that I've played with. I mean, four schools. It's it's unbelievable the amount of people that I've played with. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the, the few guys that you named off in the AAU team, that's insane. Two of them are in the, in the NBA. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people didn't even know who Dylan was until Nobody the NBA tournament. He was a big-time golfer, like <laughs> big-time golfer, and he still is. He's really good at golf. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Josh Fidel with his accident. Um, I think that he – I mean, he goes to Vermont and just – I think he goes there and kills, especially with the Duncan brothers who played on our AU team as well. I just think he just goes there and dominates. But he had that unfortunate accident. And I know he's doing better now, which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, when that happened, it kind of just made everybody that much closer. And then, obviously, Chandler White, um, he ended up in his career at St. Francis. But he also, I mean, he went ended up going to Toledo and mm-hmm. did good. And then he decided to go down. So, yeah, that team was – it was unbelievable, especially the competition we played against those guys. I mean, just being able to have a relationship with those guys as well, like on the circuit, that was a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. I mean – what were who were some of the guys that uh, that you guys played against that were the toughest battles or like the best players I guess? Jalen Coleman or sorry Jalen Brown. Um, these are out of people that um, but out of state was um, Dream Vision had T.J. Leaf. Um, they had – and then they also um, – Stackhouse Elite had Brandon Ingram. And then uh, I don't know if you remember the name. Uh, Trey Jefferson played against him a lot. He was a big ball-as-life guy, the little dude, always talking smack. He'd go for like 40, 50 points. Ended up at Texas Southern and then left. But you'll have to look him up. Oh. Trey Jefferson, he's, a, he's unbelievable. Um Kobe Simmons was on the Atlanta Celtics. And then even it was it was kind of funny. We still talk about it sometimes, like when we all talk, like the amount of people that were underneath those big time names that ended up going to like a mid-major and now they're like playing overseas or some of them are on G League teams or like kind of like a Devin Kennedy route where mm-hmm. you go to go to Princeton and then you make a name for yourself and you end up blowing up and now obviously he's in the uh, league for the Magic. But there's a lot of people that are like that, especially through the circuit, because it was so competitive that maybe they didn't have a Jalen Brown or a Brandon Ingram type name or a Thon Maker or a Mature Maker. Those guys were all on the same team. And it's just like maybe they were underneath those guys and people didn't really necessarily know them, but they were still like just dominating. So. And did you guys have, do you got, could you sense that they would get like frustrated if, you, I mean, because all you guys could shoot. I mean, the the old the white kids from Indiana saucing them up on the on a Saturday. Could you see them getting frustrated because of that? Yes, I mean, there was one time, and also, I mean, we played with Hiram Edwards as well. Mm-hmm. He was a big time in high school, and then he ended up at Colorado State after being a JUCO All American. But he ended up uh, he only played the second half because Kobe Simmons was dominating the first half. And Hiram comes in the second half, and we were like, all right, we're not losing this game. And I think we were we were down at half, and they were all, like, jumping around and stuff. And by the end of the game, I think Hiram had almost 30. And the Celtics coach was like, 
cussing out players. Players were pushing each other. Like, they were just frustrated because Klein caught fire. Kyle Guy caught fire. Then we have um, – shoot, I, there's – I mean, we just – like you said, we had so many people around that you couldn't – it's there's like you can't do anything because that person is hopefully going to catch fire because you couldn't guard everybody mm -hmm. and it was just one of those things where it was so fun because none of us cared about how many points we scored none of us cared about anything besides winning and like we would call each other out like hey like come on man you're missing shots like pick it up a bit or like <laughs> guard your man like this is, this is bulls like come on so like we just held each other accountable and I think that kind of helped with everybody going to college I mean it just that team I mean still looking back they're some of my my closest friends and like we all laugh about it when we see each other or talk about stuff so it's it was man the good old days the good old days that's for sure mm -hmm. yeah I mean I can only assume how much fun you guys had um okay. I'm I'm gonna have to wrap this up but um this was a long time coming we I know we talked about it a couple few months ago during the season yeah. um, so I'm glad you could finally come on um can't wait to see what you you guys got going down on there um uh next year i appreciate you having me on it's been a pleasure got some big things coming georgia southern hopefully you follow so should be a good year exciting yes, sir all right peace out awesome